All right. Okay, we're going to start again here. Um, my mic was muted, and I didn't know that. So, um, welcome to my world of technical challenges. Um, I'd like to open with a word of prayer this morning, and then we're going to get into God's Word. Heavenly Father, thank you for this beautiful day. The sun shines, the air is cold, the skies are blue, and uh, our spirits are full. Thank you that your Holy Spirit comes and inhabits us, possesses us, um, that you may have your will and your way in our lives. We gather together today by faith in Jesus Christ, and we're thankful that Christ has gone to the cross, shed his blood, given his life, risen from the dead, and even in this moment prepares a place for us to be with you forever in eternity in heaven. And so thank you for our great blessings and thank you that this day has meaning and purpose and our hearts are glad. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It's a great life. I hope you think that. When you think about your life, it's a great life. I certainly think that, and and I hope that you do too. This is a fifth of five sermons uh, in a series called It's a Great Life. We've been looking at different psalms and the way that God reveals to us in His Word and the way He moved in the hearts of psalmists to record these writings of Holy Scripture. Today we're going to be in Psalm 136. And today our... Uh, title for the sermon is Gratitude, Thanksgiving, Gratitude. Uh, I would like to begin this morning by reading some verses from Psalm 136. Let's read the first three verses. Psalm 136, verse 1 through 3. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of Lords. His love endures forever. What a great word for us today. How about this? Let gratitude be your attitude. Have you ever struggled with being grateful? I mean, it's hard sometimes. Yet, there are so many benefits to it. I believe that if we could learn to be grateful, and even more grateful, it would enhance our lives tremendously. In fact, Medical physicians have found that people who are grateful actually experience a measurably better life. A study was done on a group of adults who spent five minutes each day writing in a journal something they were grateful for over a six-month period. The doctors saw health improvements, measurable health improvements in these people. They noticed that stress hormones like cortisol were reduced by 23%. They noticed that it also reduced the effects of aging on the brain and that people were less stressed by what was going on in their lives simply by choosing to be grateful. Now, isn't that amazing? Health benefits. There are so many other benefits to being graceful. If you think about it, you'll have deeper relationships with people. You'll have more friends and better friendships, and improved emotional well-being. You will feel better about your life. You'll be less stressed, more relaxed, and spiritually, you'll be less materialistic and focused more on the things of the Lord. 
We have everything to gain by being grateful. Yet it is not something that comes automatically in our lives. It's something we have to develop. Something we have to grow into. It's no coincidence that the Hebrew Scripture in the Old Testament gives us a powerful challenge about how we can become more grateful. Psalm 136, the psalm we're looking at today, is a joyful song of thanksgiving and praise to the Lord for the great things He has done. In it, we see some profound principles that I want to share with you today. In verse 1, the scripture begins here by saying, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. The first thing it says is that God is good. And God is good all the time. He is good in His motives. He is good in His heart. He is good in His intentions. One of the reasons we're grateful to Him is that He is a good God. The Bible says His love endures forever. One of the reasons we believe in eternal salvation is God's enduring love. We believe that you're able to receive salvation by faith in Jesus Christ, and God will always make that salvation available for you to receive. Because His love endures forever. Give thanks in verse 1 actually means to make a public confession. It means to talk about it out loud. It's not that you go into your prayer closet and shut the door and say, God, thank you, though that's important and necessary too. But what it's saying here is just in the normal course of conversation, you talk about the wondrous things that God has blessed you with and what He has done in your life. If you're grateful for something, it's not hard to talk about it, right? When somebody gives you something or when you're excited about something, you start talking about it. You talk to your neighbors, sometimes people you don't even know. You're talking about it because you're enthusiastic. Give thanks to the Lord. Declare publicly. Talk about Him with everybody. We need to be talking about the great things that God is doing with people who are Christians and with people who are not Christians. It would be exciting for some non-Christian people to hear about Him, wouldn't it? God's doing this in my life. He's doing that in my life. And He is good. And here's why. We should celebrate the goodness of the Lord. Because His love endures forever. That's why He's doing so many good things. It's because He loves you. If you go back to the Garden of Eden in the book of Genesis, the original accusation by Satan to Adam and Eve was that God was not good. Satan said in so many words, God wants to withhold that fruit from you. He doesn't care about you. He cares about himself. God is selfish. He isn't good. That was the original lie. That and if you eat this fruit, you can be like God. That's the original lie. And people have been confused about the goodness of God ever since. God is good. That's why we worship Him and celebrate Him. And since God is truly good, how can we ever stop giving thanks to Him? How can we stop being grateful for the things He's done? In verses 2 and 3, we see that there is no one else like God. Nobody can touch what He has done. Nobody could even get close to His glory and His majesty. He 
is God. He has no rivals, no equals. He is the true God among all the false gods, and He is the Lord of all the lords. Following these first few verses of introduction, the psalmist outlines in three stanzas reasons that we should be grateful to the Lord. You may be sitting there thinking, I don't know what I'm grateful for. Well, I'm going to help you today to discover that. Let's thank God for His creativity. The author of Psalm 136 continues by talking about the creation of the universe and the creation of the world. Look at verses 4 through 9. To Him who alone does great wonders, His love endures forever. Who by His understanding made the heavens, His love endures forever. Who spread out the earth upon the waters, His love endures forever. Who made the great lights, His love endures forever. The sun to govern the day, His love endures forever. The moon and stars to govern the night, His love endures forever. It's all about God's creativity. One of the first things we ought to praise the Lord for is that He created us. The Lord created the universe. It took a a pretty creative God to do that. Think about all the intricacies of the universe we live in. All the galaxies, all the planets, all the stars. God created all of them. And He knows them by name. Sometimes I talk to people who don't believe that God created the universe. And I'll tell you the question that no atheist can ever answer is, where did all the stuff for the Big Bang come from in the first place? In one, in one moment there was nothing. And then all of a sudden there was something. And it became the universe that we can observe today. Where did it come from? How does it go from nothing to something? And become the universe that we know today. God has always been there. He always was. He always is. He always will be. God was before humanity is. How about that? That's some good theology, isn't it? The psalmist says, To Him who alone does great wonders. In other words, the Lord created the world by Himself. He had no help. We should give thanks to the Lord because we should appreciate the world we live in. And because He has created an amazing world, we ought to take care of the world. We ought to take care of the universe. I hope that's something you're concerned about. I'm not saying you need to go hug a tree um, on the way home or after this service is over. I'm just saying if God created it, we ought to honor it. You might want to protect the environment by driving one of those hybrid cars that runs on an electric battery and not just a hydrocarbon-powered motor. You might get some solar panels on your house. You might bust out the compost pile in the backyard, ride a moped to work, whatever you're into. But let's respect the world that the Lord created because He created it. It's good. The Lord created the planets, and through His genius, the sun is 93 million miles away from Earth. He positioned planet Earth perfectly in relationship to to the sun. If the earth were a little closer to the sun, we would fry like bacon. And if the earth were a little farther away from the sun, we would freeze to death. 
It was the creativity of God, the genius of God, that put the planet Earth in the perfect place in relationship to the sun for us to exist. I'm so glad God didn't create people to live on the planet Mars. I mean, from what I can tell, it seems kind of like a boring place. Not a whole lot going on on the planet Mars. Um, Last time I checked, Earth is much better for us. What a beautiful universe. What a beautiful planet. And what an amazing country we live in, don't we? I've been to nine other countries in the world, and I want to tell you that I left there to come home being even more grateful for what God has given us in this country. We live in a great state here in Idaho. You want to talk about the beauty of creation? Oh my goodness. How can you see the Sawtooth Mountains and not say what a magnificent, what a creative God? He has given us the falls and the springs and the Snake River Canyon. It's just amazing. We live in a place of beauty. We behold the creation by an amazing God, a creative God, who in the beginning put together the universe. And He created you. God also put earth on a tilt relative to the sun. Why is it tilted? To create seasons. Some of the planets are not tilted. Earth Where we live is awesome. It's the creativity of the Lord. Not only did He tilt earth, but He also caused it to rotate. Is that incredible? And the rotation of earth gives us night and day so we can rest in the evening and we can live our lives and work and do our stuff during the day. That was the creative genius of the Lord. And the psalmist says that as a result of that, we should live in gratitude to God for His creation. I know when you came um, to watch this service today, the number one thing on your list to be grateful about was probably not the creation of the universe. But when we begin to break it down, it makes sense to say thank you, God, for all you have created. If there's a great creator, and there is, then we we have unique value. If humanity is created in the image of God, as the Holy Scripture declares to us, then we have great value. You are God's masterpiece, Scripture says. He knew you even before you were born. He formed you. He formed you in your mother's womb. He knew the number of hairs on your head. Now, for some of us, that's not too complicated. But for others of us, that's an astonishing feat. God knew you. He understood you. He formed you. God fits you together. That's why we give Him praise today. That's why we live a grateful life, because of our great value, and really because He created us. He has loved us. His creative genius is amazing. Experts tell us that there are more than 3,000 species of snakes on the planet. Now, how many of us are scared of snakes? Snakes are scary. They're freaky, man. What do you do with the snake? They're not all bad, though. There's some nice snakes. Now, somebody just thought a dead snake is the best snake, and I, you know, I won't argue with that. There are big snakes. There are little snakes. There are venomous snakes. There are snakes that like to cuddle up around you. All types and colors of snakes. Snakes do all kinds of stuff, but you know what? They're all snakes. The Lord 
created the world and he created those 3,000 species of snakes. He's a creative genius. If God in his wisdom set the stars in the sky, and if he could put the planets in proper rotation, and the Milky Way galaxy and all the other galaxies in order, and if God created over 3,000 species of snakes, don't you think God can handle your problems? Listen. When you're looking at your life and your problems and you're thinking, God, I need, to do, I need you to do exactly this. He says, no. He says, I've got so many solutions to your problems, you don't even know what I can do. I can handle that problem this way here, that way there, somewhere in between. I've got it covered. And we give Him gratitude. We give Him praise for the wonderful things He has done. In creation, we see God's majesty and power. He also exercises His power in His faithfulness to His people. The Lord is faithful. Thank God for His faithfulness. Psalm 136 begins by giving the Lord praise for His faithfulness. We see His faithfulness throughout the history of Israel. He leads the people of Israel through tough times. When you're going through adversity, He will lead you too. The history of Israel is all about big problems. We find in verse 10 of Psalm 136 here, To him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt, his love endures forever. That's talking about the Pharaoh. If you go to the book of Exodus in the Old Testament, you'll read that the Pharaohs held the Hebrew people in captivity for more than 400 years. And God delivered them. The psalmist is talking about God being faithful. He is the one who who delivered us when we were in captivity. And he struck down the firstborn there in ancient Egypt because the Pharaoh wouldn't let the people go. Moses went repeatedly and said to Pharaoh, let my people go. And the Pharaoh said, I'm not going to do it. And God said that I'm going to smack him. Sometimes God will smack people who are oppressing his people. He will because He's faithful. Then in verses 11 and 12, the Scripture says here in Psalm 136, He brought Israel out from among them. His love endures forever. With a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, His love endures forever. Anytime the Lord's hand is stretched out, you better watch out. That's when the power is about to come. And you want to make sure that you're on the right side of that. The Bible says in Psalm 136, verses 13 through 15, that God parts the Red Sea. Wow. He has multiple options. He doesn't help people with only one kind of problem. He helps people with all kinds of problems. God says, you're a slave. I can help you with that. You need the Red Sea parted. I can help you with that. You need some leadership in the desert, some food and water and direction. I've got that covered. No problem. Nothing is too big for God, and He is always faithful. Going into the land of promise, and there are some big bad kings who are going to fight you, I will take those guys down too. Whatever you need, I will lead you and direct you. We see chronicled here in Psalm 136 the history of Israel and the faithfulness of the Lord. He was faithful in the beginning when he told Abraham to go to the land of promise. He was faithful when the Israelites were locked up in captivity in Egypt. He was faithful when they were conquering the promised land. The same God is faithful today as he ever was before. God is faithful. 
The Bible goes on to say that God is even faithful when we are faithless. He will be faithful to you even when you're not faithful to Him. Now that's amazing, isn't it? You need deliverance from the Pharaoh? I've got that covered. You need waters parted? Been doing that for a long time. You need the Pharaoh's army to quit pestering you? I'll take care of business. Bad guys in the land of promise? I'll take care of that with my pinky toe. You've got financial problems, God says. You know what? I can part waters. I can handle your finances. You have people problems? Oh, I've already dealt with the Pharaoh. I, can think, I think I can handle your people problems. Do you think you're in a spiritual desert and you don't know what to do? The Lord has been leading people out of the desert for eons. Nothing is too great for Him. He is faithful. That's why we give Him gratitude. That's why we give Him praise. And why we say to Him, Lord, thank You for being faithful to me. The day I was born, You were faithful. That day when I was a kid and got electrocuted, and my dog died getting electrocuted, and I didn't, You were faithful. And Lord, as I entered into adulthood, You were faithful. The God who was faithful yesterday is the same God who is going to be faithful today and tomorrow and the next day. The Lord doesn't do one or two things. He covers what our needs are. He does all this because He loves us. He is love. And His love endures through all things forever. He is not just big and bad. There's more to God than smacking the Pharaoh and parting the Red Sea and creating the heavens and the earth. What's so profound is that God could be so big and so powerful and so incredible as to create the universe, and yet He could be so small and so compassionate and so concerned that He would come and live in your heart. That's the God that we serve. Today, if we didn't talk about the care and concern of God, it would leave out a critical point of why we're grateful. We are grateful to God because He is concerned about us. So thank God for His concern. I love this about God, that He's not only big and powerful, He's also kind and compassionate. God is not only majestic and spectacular, He is gentle and tender. All that wrapped into one. That's why we give Him praise today. That's why we celebrate who He is. That's why we love Him. His love endures forever. We're thanking God for His creation. Look look here in Psalm 136 at verse 23. He remembered us in our lowest state. His love endures forever. In other words, He remembered you when you were at the end of your rope. He remembered you when you were broke when you were done, when you wanted to quit and throw in the towel, God remembered you when you were completely depressed. It doesn't say that God remembered us in our strength. It says He remembered us in our weaknesses. He has seen us at our weakest and worst points, and He remembered us. Isn't that beautiful? The Bible doesn't say the Lord forgot us in our weaknesses. Quite the contrary. He remembered us in our weaknesses, when we were in the depths of despair, when we were at the point that we didn't want anybody else to see us, God remembered us in our low estate. 
God loves everyone, but He loves His own people uniquely. It's kind of like this. I love children. I love kids. I like to play with them. I like to tease them. I have fun with kids. But I love my kids. I mean, I love my kids a whole lot. And if I had to pick between your kids and my kids, um, I'd go with my kids. You'd probably do the same thing. I wiped their little bottoms when they were born, taught them how to ride bikes, taught them how to shoot a shotgun. I've been with them from the beginning, and they've been with me. They're a part of me. I created them, in essence, and so I have a unique relationship with them. You do too, if you're a parent. God is faithful. His love endures forever. He saved us freed us from our enemies. And in this instance, we find that the Israelites have been delivered from Egyptian captivity. And God has liberated you. He has liberated us from our own sin, our own self-destruction, and our own problems. God has set us free, the Bible says. And He has freed us from our sin. And finally, in verse 25, it says, He gives food to every creature. His love endures forever. The Lord is the provider. Some of us today are scared about our finances. We're looking for work or we're living under the burden of debt. Remember this. The Lord is the one who provides. He's the one who, will, who provides food for all flesh. And that includes you. He gives food to every living thing. If there's ever a moment that God quits providing for you... That's your moment to go to glory. And you will sit at the banquet table of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But until then, God is our provision. God is the God of concern. He is the God of compassion who wants to take care of His people. God didn't lead the Israelites out into the wilderness on their way to the land of promise and say, I'm not going to give you any food to eat. What did He give? Manna and quail. God is going to provide for you today. You ought to give Him gratitude. You ought to give Him some thanks and praise. You may not know exactly how He's going to provide for you, but you can have gratitude. Even when you're uncertain of what He is going to do, you trust the heart of God and the nature of God, and because He is good, you know that His path is going to be for your benefit. That's why we trust Him. If you don't believe the Lord is good, you will never trust Him. If you believe He is good, it will fill your life with faith. Fill your life with confidence in Him. What can we do to tell the Lord that we love and appreciate Him? How can we show gratitude? Well, it's by worship. We sing songs of praise. I hope that you sing some songs of praise to God today. We're singing to the Lord. Why do we play music? Why do we sing We are telling God, thank you for all that He has done. We are telling Him, you are a great God. That's the theme of our music and our worship, the greatness of God. And we choose to be grateful. When we bring tithes and offerings to God, what are we doing? We're being grateful. That's an expression of our gratitude. Lord, you've been faithful to me. I want to say thank you by being faithful to you. Tithes and offerings are not a tax. They're an opportunity for gratitude. 
So we're telling the Lord, thank you. When we pray, we're telling God, thank you. When we open the Bible in worship, we're telling, saying thank you for all you've done. When we take communion, why are we doing that? We are grateful to Him for sending Jesus Christ to die on the cross and rise from the grave. That's why we do it. We baptize people as followers of Jesus Christ. Why do we do that? We're telling God, thank you. It's an act of worship. It's one way we praise Him. When we are focused on how God has created us and has stood with us in the battles of life and has nurtured us, all we can do is shout to Him and praise Him for the great things He has done. Church, we can put our hands together and tell God thank you. Let's thank Him for His creativity. Let's thank Him for His faithfulness. Let's thank God for His concern. And because we are thankful that God is faithful, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you that you are an awesome, amazing, creative God. We look at the, the earth and the, and the universe around us and uh, stand in awe that out of nothing but the, the creative energy in you, all of this came to be. That we came to be because you created us. We thank you that you knew us before we were born, that you formed us in our mother's womb and that you have provided for us each and every moment of our lives, even until today. And so we are thankful for your great creativity. We're thankful, God, that you are faithful, that you had your son Jesus come to shed his blood and give his life, to die on the cross as a sacrifice that takes away our sin. And we thank you that Jesus rose from the dead and that you continually offer us salvation by faith in Jesus Christ. We choose to believe. We receive Christ as Savior. We are born again and prepared to be in your presence both in this life and forever in eternity. Thank you that you've sent your Holy Spirit to live within us, to move among us, to bind us together with love and truth and to enable us to know and do your will in this life and forever. We are thankful for your faithfulness, God. And we thank you, God, that you are a God who cares, that you are for us, that you are with us, that you are among us, and that you provide for us because you care for us. And so we are well provided for, and we thank you for your love and your watch care today. God, bless us now in this week. May we be tellers of the story of all that Jesus has done in our lives. And may we bring you glory and honor and praise. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. God bless you. love you.